Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. This is for you and me. And this beautiful thing that we have, uh, this faith, this hope that we have in Christ, man, this is a powerful thing. This is an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. It's so powerful. It can be what helps you to make it until the very end. And that really should be the highlight of faith, so to speak. It shouldn't be about like, I have enough faith to get what I want from God. Okay, we make it all about that, right? As Pastor James begins his study on the heroes of the faith, he'll be reminding you that as a Christian, you can be a hero of the faith as well. When you place your hope in Jesus and you cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, He can use you to do amazing things. God has placed many people within your sphere of influence for a reason, and that purpose is for you to reveal the Lord to them by how you conduct yourself. Speaking the Word of God must go hand in hand with holy behavior. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. As Pastor James begins his message, Heroes of the Faith, Context. Before we even get into chapter 11 of Hebrews, you can turn there if you have your Bibles. Um, I want to give you some context, which means you got to go back into the previous chapter, chapter 10. Chapter 11 highlights lives that lived out faith in God, okay? You need to be aware of the fact that sin separates you from God. Sin is a bad thing. It's a bad thing. It separates you from God. And Jesus died on the cross to cover those sins. So let's not throw that away and let's not belittle that. Let's find that, you know, make that be that motivation we need to hold fast this hope we have in him to continue on, right? And that's really this author from Hebrews is is just, he's framing this all out for us, this, this beautiful thing called faith. And as he goes on, you know, it talks, verse 31 of chapter 10, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God, meaning sin, take it seriously, take it seriously. Think back, verse 32, on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you were helped by others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along, uh, along with those who were thrown into jail. And when, you all, uh, when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You never knew, uh, I'm sorry, you knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. That's talking about Jesus. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Verse 39. But we, you and I, and the ones he's writing to, is a good encouragement 
We are not like those who turned away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved, right? And so this is the framework of this whole thing called faith. And and you have to, you really have to go through Hebrews chapter 10. It, technically, it helps to go start in chapter 1. Um, but for the sake of immediate context, you got to go through chapter 10 because it, it just, it kind of not elevates the individuals, but the chapter 11 and, and this, this idea of faith, I mean, it, it, it kind of magnifies it. Of like, this is for you and me. And this beautiful thing that we have, uh, this faith, this hope that we have, in Christ, man, this is a powerful thing. This is an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. It's so powerful. It can be what helps you to make it until the very end. And that really should be the highlight of faith, so to speak. It shouldn't be about like, I have enough faith to get what I want from God. Okay, we make it all about that, right? The word of faith movement. I mean, their whole thing is built upon if you have enough faith, then God will give you what you want. And that's nonsense, okay? That's nonsense. And that's hurt more people than it's helped, all right? Really, we should be looking at it as like, your faith in who he is and what he has said is, is all that you need to make it till the end. That's the beauty of faith. And so as even, you know, it's kind of, it's, um, you know, it's alluding to faith, Right? Chapter 11 is when he's going to define faith. So since he's been kind of alluding to it, he addresses it in verse 1 of chapter 11. And this is New Living Translation, so yours is maybe worded differently. I don't know what that is. Uh, that's new. Oh, no, that's, that's different. Um, perfect. Leave that one up there. Faith is the confidence. Uh, New Living Translation says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith is the confidence of what we hope for, for what, uh, hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance. I like that word, assurance about things we cannot see. This is a biblical definition of faith. Uh, this is a fantastic definition of faith. What does faith mean? It's, uh, it shows the reality of what we hope for. It's not wishful thinking. It's not... I really hope this works out. I really hope this happens. It's not talking about that. It's a confidence. It's an assurance. That's what genuine faith is. It's confidence. It's assurance. It's that ability to know, like, man, it doesn't matter what's happening in my life. I know who has me. I know what his word says. I know all things work together for the good to those who are called, to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. It's that confident assurance of like, it may all be falling apart, but I know who's got me. I know who's got me and I know what his word says. So verse one defines what faith is. Um, can you do the Webster's Dictionary version I think it's Webster's. Yeah, Merriam-Webster's. Uh, this is a two-parter, right, these slides? So definition of faith. Um, Dictionary.com, uh, terrible definition of faith. Horrible. What are these guys doing? Um, I don't know. I don't know what their motivation is or anything. But Merriam-Webster's definition of faith is actually spot on and accurate. Um, it says in 1A, an allegiance to duty or a person, i.e. loyalty, OK? 
lost faith in the company's president, right? We get that. We understand that, that little uh, you know, analogy, so to speak. B, fidelity to one's promises, okay, right? Uh, sincerity of intentions acted in good faith. These are just basic definitions of faith. Two, 2A, um, belief and trust in and loyalty to God. This is where it applies directly to you and to I, okay? Um, it's belief and trust into him. There we go. Uh, and it's belief in the traditional doctrines of a religion, okay? Firm belief in something for which there is no uh, proclifing, that's a fun word, uh, to the faith that her missing son would one day return, all right? Uh, it's complete trust. It's something that is believed, especially with strong conviction. There's no space between those two words. Um, uh, conviction, uh, especially, or conviction, especially. A system of religious beliefs, the Protestant faith. So something that is... Uh, Strongly believed in, there's, a, again, there's that word, it's um, this confidence, assurance, this, there's conviction, this conviction. We have faith. You have to have faith. If you, if you believe what this word says, it requires faith. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, that requires faith. That requires faith. There is evidence to support that. We know that he physically died on the cross. We know that he physically rose from the grave. But skeptics would say, where's the proof? Well, we have an empty tomb. Is it the right empty tomb? Because there's lots of tombs over there. And yes, there's an empty tomb. And yes, there's all sorts of evidence to prove that the fact that the one that they believe is the one that he was buried in is actually the one that he was once buried in and all that good stuff. There's tons of evidence to support Jesus dying on the cross and raising from the dead. Tons of evidence. Lots of evidence actually for that. But it still requires an element of faith that Jesus sacrificed himself on your behalf, on my behalf, and actually did cover all of our sins and that you actually can go into the presence of God Almighty under the covering of Jesus anytime you want. And to do that, you are demonstrating faith. Everybody has faith. Everybody has faith. Everybody does. And if anybody ever says they don't have faith, then they are lying to you, okay? Everybody has faith. You demonstrated faith by walking into this room. You sat down. Did you check the, stru the structural integrity of your chair before you sat down? No, you didn't. Why? Because you had faith in that chair that it would support you, right? Yeah. We have faith. We have faith in lots of stuff. Even atheists who don't believe in God are people of faith. Everyone is a person of faith. They just place their faith in other things. We place our faith in God the Father God the Son, who is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. And that his word is actually his word. It's inerrant. It's true. It can be trusted. It can be trusted. That's demonstrating faith. You open up your Bibles and you read through it. You, it's, it's an act of faith. You know, like, man, this is his word. This is his word. And so, yes, there's lots of evidences and all that good stuff, but ultimately, this trust, you have to be fully trusting in who he is and what he says he has done and what he says he will do. Faith is a beautiful thing. 
it shows, it does show, like the verse says, the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we can't see. Faith is a, a powerful thing. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. And as we go through this chapter, we will see from verses um, essentially 2 through 40, there's 40 verses in this chapter, what faith practically looks like. And so that's kind of cool. He gives us a definition, but then he spends the rest of the chapter saying, let me show you what faith looks like. And I love that. I love it because it allows us to do um, multiple character studies over the next few months, (laughs) probably. Um, And I love character studies. I love it. I love learning about people. I love reading biographies and all that good stuff. Um, I love doing character studies from the Bible. And Hebrews chapter 11 allows us to do that. And it's so cool. And from each person, we can see, we can learn from them of like, this is one way, because it's not just the only way, but it's one way they demonstrated their faith in God and what he has said to them. So we'll go through a whole list. We'll get to see um, Abel and how he brought a more uh, acceptable offering to God. That was an act of faith on his part. Cain brought an a-, a sacrifice to God as well, but it was not an act of faith. Okay, there's, there's duty and there's delight. Abel erred on the side of delight and worship. Cain was like, well, I guess I got to do it. And he gave, him, he gave him his leftovers. He brought to God his leftovers. Abel brought to God his best. And that was an act of faith. We'll see how Abraham... Uh, you know, makes this tremendous, well, I mean, I'm not doing these in order because, uh, you know, there's Enoch who's mentioned before and, and he like, that dude never died. Um, lived for 365 years, years, literal years, literal years. I believe that. Yeah, I know that may sound crazy, but I believe that. And then God took him. He didn't even die. He was no more. And it was amazing. Um, you have Abraham who heard God and moved to a distant country without ever having seen that country. God showed up in his life and says, hey, Abraham, Abram, really technically, I want you to move. I want you to move to this land that I have. And I'm going to start a nation with you. Oh, yeah, you don't, you and your wife, you don't have kids. It's cool. Don't worry. I'll handle that for you. That's an act of faith. Him and Sarah, they, they trusted in God to answer that. Now, they are perfect examples of like kind of trying to help God out and you only make it worse, right? We understand that, that whole story. We'll see these things. But I mean, the list will go on and on of these individuals and some unlikely heroes that show up, like a prostitute who is, a, who is like on the, in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Her name's Rahab. And she's pretty awesome. But yeah, she was a prostitute. <laughs> she was a prostitute and she lied. And she's lied. Um, but we'll go through all these stories of like, these are people who demonstrated tremendous faith in God. And the, the most beautiful thing about it is they're normal people, just like you and I, normal, everyday people, that God did tremendous things through them, even though by the world standards, none of these people, if you, just, if you took away their names and you just read their, basically, kind of their life choices, the world would disqualify all of these people. It would disqualify all of these people from being great people. But God chooses the foolish things, foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And that's where you and I come into it. 
He wants to use us. He's not done. This hall of faith can continue on. And, and really, this chapter is, is really that to inspire you and me to continue on and to keep going in to the access that you have, the, in the throne room of God. Because he, remember, he, he set it all up. It's like, man, look, look at what you have available to you because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And I know it's difficult. I know times are hard, but you have to keep ongoing. And you need each other to encourage each other to keep on going. And oh yeah, by the way, the Bible is full of people. Their lives are used as an example or an illustration to encourage us to keep on going and to run this race that he has set before us, casting off every weight of sin that hinders us, as chapter 12 will tell us. Focusing our eyes, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Beautiful. Who for the who you know despised the shame and you know went to the cross. Um, but you know we understand that that concept of that you know for the hope that was set before him, he endured all these things. Right? Uh, I mean Hebrews chapter eleven is just that that little thing of like, look, you can make it. You can make it. You can make it to the end. You just got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, stay in the Word of God, because you should find great encouragement from the Word of God to really to do that, to encourage us to continue on. Deal with sin. Deal with sin in your life. Don't play footsies with sin, right? Just deal with it. We even saw that in the Gospel of Mark, right? Jesus was telling the guys, like, look, just deal with it aggressively. If, if your right hand causes you to stumble, chop it off. Not literally. We understand that. Pluck out your eyeball. Cut off your foot. Like, take it seriously. Why? Because you have to make it. And it's better to hobble into heaven than to, like, cruise on into hell, right? Is <laughs> kind of the idea there. Like, do whatever it takes. Because his, his sacrifice on the cross, the blood that was shed for you and I, is so precious. It's so precious. So this very first one, because we're not going to go too much into this, but we, we, showed, we saw the video. You kind of have an idea, but it says verse 3. This is the very first one, and this is all we're going to cover. By faith, okay, remember, we know what faith is because he defined it for us. So or let me see verse 2. Um, I do this all the time. I skip verses. Uh, not on purpose. It's just on accident. Um, verse 2, through their faith, this is the next, the list of characters we're going to go through, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. It's through their faith, through their faith in God, they earned a good reputation. Okay? So now we start the list. Verse 3, by faith, we understand that's a good word. That means you've got to use your brain, okay? Because in order to understand and comprehend things, you actually have to use this beautiful thing nestled into that skull of yours. It's a brain. And he, the, the Bible says, by faith, now it takes both, faith and understanding. The two should go together, okay? There's uh, some guy wrote a book. I believe his name is, uh, not Mc, yeah, Josh McDowell. Um, I was thinking of his son. Josh McDowell wrote this book, and I believe it was called Don't Check Your Brain at the Door. I think that's right. If I'm wrong, my bad. Um, it's a real book that's out there, okay? Uh, but, but essentially what the author is saying is, as Christians, God's given you a brain, so use it. <laughs> so use it. Faith is not just blind faith, okay? 
Faith is not just this, this act of like, I don't know, God said it, I believe it, there you go. That's fine to an extent. But he's also giving you a brain to investigate and to gain understanding concerning some of these concepts, such as creation. I believe, we're going to go to it in Genesis chapter 1. God said it, and it happened. I believe that wholeheartedly, absolutely. But it also encourages me to dig deeper into, like, cool, what does that mean? I love that. I believe it. I love reading about it. The more I read about creation, the more excited I get about heaven. Okay? I just do. So we, we need this understanding. We need our minds. We need to engage our brains. It says by faith, though. It's faith with connection of understanding. And our understanding needs all the faith it can get, okay? Because our understanding is very limited. I don't care how smart you are. But your understanding must be coupled with faith, okay? It just has to be. Because if you can comprehend and understand all things about God, then your God is too small, too small. That's where faith comes into play. Because there's going to be a lot of things about God and his word that we don't understand, and we probably will never understand. And we have to be okay with that. That, even that's, that may be a blow to our ego, which is probably necessary, because you're not that smart. Not as much as I, I'm not as smart as I think I am sometimes, okay? So I don't know what my IQ is. I don't even care what that is. I don't even know how you measure that, but it doesn't matter to me. We need faith. Our minds, as sharp as they are, as brilliant as we are, we need faith. It takes faith as well, okay? By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, meaning his, his spoken word, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Uh, ex nihilo, nihilo, right? That's uh, Latin for out of nothing. Out of nothing. He created everything out of nothing. Well, how is that possible? Well, that's where faith comes into play, doesn't it? <laughs> You're like, what? So this whole element of like a big bang and all that stuff, no, it's, that's a theory. And it's just that. It's a theory. And there's not a lot of weight to support that theory if you actually investigate it, you think about it. I mean, if that took, that's a miracle in and of itself. If the creation happened that way, you understand that that's a miracle in and of itself. Because you know not all the planets are rotating in the same direction, right? So if something was spinning super fast that was so small, well, that's matter, right? Where, where did matter? Because matter can't come from nothing unless God speaks it into existence. So where'd the matter come from that started spinning and got really hot and exploded and caused these huge planets that are more than what we think? There are, there are galaxies that are out there that, we, that are like massive. And even the own planet, our own planets in our solar system, they're, they're spinning at different rotations. So if it's going like this and everything shoots out, they'd all logically be spinning in the same direction, but they're not. Well, that takes a lot of faith to believe in that, right? I mean, it does. I don't believe in the Big Bang Theory. Um, I believe God spoke it into existence. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at his command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Um, and just one more thing about faith itself. Faith is not positive thinking. I need to throw that out there. This is a big thing nowadays. Um, it's not about positive thinking, right? Like, if I just think positively, then good things will happen.
is your hero of the faith? For me, it changes by the day and circumstances. Most of the time, I look at Joseph. He's a dreamer just like me, and he faced extraordinary hardship along the path that God laid out for his life. And then sometimes I look at Paul, who willingly suffered and gave up his freedom and his life for the sake of the gospel. I want to be like Paul, single-minded and devoted to the cause of Christ no matter what the world throws my way. And other times I look at Abraham, who received a promise and then waited years to watch God make it happen. Whatever circumstances I find myself in, I can turn to scripture and know that I'm not alone. Looking at the heroes of faith gives me the courage to persevere in my own race. And that's why Pastor James Grizzle is bringing us the stories of these heroes in this series on Bread for the Broken. As he shares story after story, listen to the story that God is telling you. You can hold on to those stories and keep them for the day that you're going to need that encouragement and strength. Bread for the Broken is a ministry out of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. Are you in the area? We'd love to have you come see us. We're here on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. For more information and directions, head on over to breadforthebroken.com. Once again, that website is breadforthebroken.com. And for those of you that can't make it in person, we live stream on Facebook. Well, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.